Time is running out to take advantage of early bird admission pricing for the U.S. Search Awards. If you apply after June 18th, the entry fee will go up, so you have about a week to enter your best campaigns. The awards are judged by a team of international, industry-leading search experts who follow a rigorous, ethical, and transparent two-step judging process. There are over 43 categories, including SEO, PPC, digital marketing, and content marketing. You listen to our show, so we know that you do awesome work, so be brave, be bold and throw your hat in the ring for the 2021 U.S. Search Awards. The ceremony will be held on October 7th, and you can apply right now at ussearchawards.com. Hurry. On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Apple announces a privacy update that has us smashing that unsubscribe button. The new Twitter Blue subscription service makes us red in the face. And the weather report at Menlo Park is cloudy with all the shade that Zuckerberg is throwing at Tim Apple. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal podcast network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm your host, Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shep. I'm Mark Saltarelli. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on June 11th, 2021. Remember, you can catch our Famous Friday news shows on youtube.marketingoclock.com or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We're at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. And don't forget, you can join our Discord community at community.marketingoclock.com. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for what is sure to be another fantastic show for you. We have a lot of amazing news to get to. Mark, we haven't seen you in a couple weeks. What is new? So I finally installed the iOS 14.6 update and updated all of my apps. And it was kind of shocking seeing all of the apps that have been tracking my data that requested it. Yeah. So obviously we had Facebook and Instagram. Um, the only other social media that requested my app was Twitter, like Snapchat was chill, didn't want it. But there were some <laughs> surprising ones. So there were four other apps that requested my data. The first one was ASOS. <gasps> wow. You have and the I, app? Yeah. Oh, I just go to the... I Browser. like to get notifications because a lot of times clothes that I like are never in my size. So I need the notifications Restock. to tell me That's when cool. it's in my size. Okay, but well, they why need your data. why else? Like, what are they using that information for? I don't know. What else? Um, Grubhub. <laughs> Ooh. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of ads. I don't know what they're using that information for again. Yeah. DoorDash did not, though. So, mm. and neither did Uber. So... Grubhub's the only food delivery service out here taking your information. Um, the other one was JetBlue. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was surprised Spotify. Yes, yeah, Spotify did not. Oh, no, they asked me. Oh, they didn't ask me. Yeah. 
What about you, Greg? I know you have free Spotify. <laughs> I don't have an Apple phone, guys. I'm Android. But the last one was exceptionally shocking. What's that? Um, the app is called LG Think, spelled with a Q. And it is the app I had to download to control my air conditioner. And they're tracking your data across sites? I guess so. Okay. Um, that's pretty crazy. They're so just did you setting accept? the temperature based off of what other apps I'm using. <laughs> <laughs> like if I look at the weather app, I don't know. Did you accept it? I should have, but no. I like keep forgetting if I'm accepting them or not. Like I'll know in like a couple years if my ads are still relevant. Yeah, I was only surprised by Spotify. What's going on with you, Greg? Well, a while back, y'all heard what my kids called um, something really bad. They said, that's Dunkin' Donuts. How could I forget? Well, there's now one, if something's very good, they say, I'm famous. So somebody will be playing t-ball, one will hit the ball and be like, do you see how far I hit it? I'm famous. And then one will hit it and be like, I hit it farther than you. I'm famous. So that's it. Good, famous, bad, Dunkin' Donuts. So on a scale of Dunkin' Donuts to famous, like how do they rate you? Oh, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, full-time producer Caleb? Do you have anything going on? Well, speaking of fame, I think I have a little bit of fame. I was on the news for the first time ever in my life. Uh, over Ooh. the week. Wait, wait. For good reasons or bad? Probably bad, but okay. uh, no, 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 me, not, it wasn't me. This is a new show. You're on the news every <laughs> true, week. True, I'm on the news every but week. disrespect. But mm -hmm. as like an eyewitness to something, I guess. <gasps> so me and intern Chris went to go get a hamburger at um, Allen Burger Venture on Elmwood. <gasps> Oh, yeah. There. Well, I wasn't there. We were, we went, and there's a sign on the door that says it's closed. So we're like, oh well, you know, get burger from another place. A reporter comes running up to us, and she's like, uh, "Did you guys know that someone got shot here like two hours ago? Can I get your like initial reactions?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> so I'm like, "It's just so terrible that it happened here. I just wanted a burger." And, That's crazy. You know. Did you get to see yourself on TV, or was it? Yeah, event? yeah. I'll throw a clip in. It was, uh, but you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm a reporter now. You know, they must know that you're like part of a news organization. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, very respectable yeah. news agency here. Well, as part of a news organization, I applied for Twitter verification this week, and it didn't really go as planned. I like went through all these steps. I like tried to go as a reporter, and I submitted my past articles <laughs> from Search Engine Journal. Like it's the last three ones, you know, there's a legit like Microsoft advertising breaking news. And then I just pressed submit and it was like taking some time. So I went to another tab and I came back and I didn't see like a pop up or anything. It just said verified. No, oh, and like it didn't no. give me a chance to resubmit. But then I logged in today and it did. So it must have like a time frame. But I was just like, it really hurt my ego. Mm -hmm. Did you tell me you're a 2020 PPC rising star? Washed up PPC oh. rising star <laughs> 2020. <laughs> What is happening in the news this week, Mark? This first story really has me wanting to unsubscribe from <laughs> report spam and block Tim Cook. Oh. <laughs> from Zach Whitaker of TechCrunch at Zach Whitaker, Apple unveils new iOS 15 privacy features at WWDC. And most notably for marketers, Apple Mail will start blocking email tracking pixels, making it impossible for marketers to collect email open or IP address data from Apple Mail. And we're all having a lot of feelings about this. BFF of the show on 2020, Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92 tweeted, 
Apple allows you to hide your IP address from your mail app, also forbidding you to know if the user opened your marketing email. And then Menachem Ani, at Menachem Ani on Twitter, responded, first they came for Facebook, then they came for Clavio. <laughs> and Andrea just says, the walled garden continues to grow. And I don't know why we call it a walled garden. Can we call it like a secret garden? That Ooh, sounds more fun. This isn't fun, though. <laughs> <laughs> it should be the prison walls, you know? <laughs> I thought everyone was like me and like only use their Apple email for like promotional things that they don't want in their real inbox. Mm -hmm. I have all of my email addresses except for my Yahoo mail on my Apple mail. I just got way too many emails there. It's from middle school. It's where all of my spam goes. So I have that in a separate app. I check that separately. And like from my perspective, I think not having the IP data, I think that makes sense. That is privacy related. And the only thing like we really lose there as marketers is you can't really personalize email sends based on time zone anymore. Like if you wanted to send so everyone receives email at the same time where they are. Like, but I understand that from a privacy perspective. However, not having email open data, I think will have a significant negative impact on email marketing and also the people receiving those emails. And I don't really get the privacy angle because like I get apps not not letting apps track what you're doing in other apps, but not letting companies know the open data on emails they're sending seems like a lot. And it's not really sensitive information to be kept private. Imagine if you were running ads and didn't know how many impressions you were getting. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy. And I've been doing email marketing almost my entire career. And the fact of the matter is that the only way to be successful in email marketing is to be helpful. And it's really difficult to know how helpful your content is that you're sending out if you don't understand that engagement properly and how that's resonating with people. And I think um, as consumers, if this goes into place and we start seeing this, that the emails that we're getting are going to be um, far, far less relevant. Because the only option is going to be to keep sending everything to everyone because you yeah. have no idea how they're performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't like remove people if they're not engaging with your emails from your email list like you can now. And it's going to hurt deliverability for senders because you're not going to know who's yeah. engaging and who isn't. Everyone should just add Tim Cook to like their list <laughs> so he gets all of them. Yeah, what's his address? <laughs> Tapple at iCloud.com? <laughs> That's actually a great strategy. Thank you. I you hope all of our listeners take that one up. But I think the good news is that there will still be some things that email marketers can do. One big one is that ISPs share spam reports directly to ESPs. So Apple has nothing to do with that. So um, you will get that data no matter what. You will know people are flagging you as spam. So it is one good signal for email health that you still have. You also still manage your own subscription data. So you know if someone's unsubscribing. And if you're tagging your URLs, like you should be with UTM parameters, you can still get click data even if Apple's not sending that click data. Just look at Google Analytics and you know if people are clicking on those emails. So there still is a lot of directional engagement feedback. We're just going to 
lose partial data on open rate, which is one of the biggest email marketing metrics that people use. And you'll still be able to measure success, but it's going to look very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think like when they announced the iOS 14.5 changes, I thought they were going to come out with their own ad platform. That's been rumored anyway. This Mm -hmm. makes me think they're going to come out with like an email marketing platform. Oh, definitely. Honestly, I just thought you were going to say I've been doing email marketing all my life instead of saying your career. Oh. And I just pictured <laughs> baby Mark coming out, just type it away on the, on the keyboard, sending out emails. So that's, that's all I've been thinking. Accurate. <laughs> and next in the news this week, we have been reporting on this for a few weeks now in the rumor mill, but Twitter has officially confirmed that they are launching Twitter Blue, their new subscription service. Twitter users can pay a monthly fee to gain access to a range of additional tweet features and tools. So the first one, which they're like touting as like the coolest one, I think, is undo tweets. So you're able to retract a tweet that you have sent with within up to 30 seconds. So it's kind of like Gmail does this with email within 30 seconds of posting, which could help in catching those small grammatical er- errors and mistakes or to maybe rethink your text entirely, as Andrew Hutchinson says in social media today. And then he says, it's not tweet editing, but based on what we know, this is likely the closest you'll ever get to an editing feature. Why? That's not worth paying for. No! Because you can Who just- catches it in 30 seconds? You could just delete it at that point. Nobody's liked it yet. Like You, you just copy it. Copy it, copy the text, <laughs> delete the tweet, Who and paste cares? it. That is not worth paying a subscription for. Who cares? I, I think this is phenomenal. Oh, oh please, absolutely. tell me please. more. You and who You can undo the tweet. I'm just joking. <laughs> Wait, in 30 seconds, your tweet has gotten nowhere. You can just delete it. Like, And I also never notice my like grammatical errors until like it's been like two hours and I'm just like scrolling through my timeline and I'm like, oh, I spelled there wrong or something. You know yeah. what I mean? You no, know, I don't notice it until it has 25 likes and three retweets. <laughs> Why? Who cares? And I get it. Like... Part of me thinks they don't let you edit your tweets because you could like like something. Oh my god, I need to check my likes when I'm talking about oh, social. Yeah, you could like something and then the person could change it and then it looks like you liked something that you I don't know unsavory whatever. But you could post that it was edited. I don't. There's yeah, a way around it. That's what the Facebook did. <laughs> Facebook <laughs> and Slack. I'm just so mad about this. Okay, the next feature: bookmark folders. These let users categorize their saved tweets into assigned topic folders, providing more ways to manage content in the app. The only way I could think of using this is us saving the takes of the week or something. So we have them for the clockers. I just don't care. I, I dig like it. this a lot. I dig I'm with Caleb. I use it on Instagram. I have all these little categories of things. Yeah. I'm like, this is blacksmithing. This is yep. bladesmithing. This is a handle. Blah, and then blah, you blah. go back and look? Yep. Yeah, I'm a sucker I for like- I kid you not. I absolutely can't do it all. The time. He's pulling his phone. No, out. like if I see like a sports highlight or something, I save it. So now I can break it up by, oh, this is basketball. This is football. I'm just never going to go back and look at it. All of my save things are in one folder. And can you do it with ads? Because I would save ads if I. Like, oh, I, I save ads. Okay. But I, I will start doing that thing. now that I know. But that's the only thing I would save so I can buy it later. Look, and I have all creepy things like Greg. That is so lame. Handles, I, everything I do. We will put work, this stuff on. I find on ads I like. I put in my work folder. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time. Yeah, and you can like on Facebook, you can save all the creepy dolls that you oh, see yeah. on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> okay, you guys have me kind of convinced on that. But make it available to everyone. Facebook makes it available yeah. to everyone. Why do I have to pay? Yeah, this seems I like agree. a platform enhancement. Like let people use Twitter more. If people weren't afraid about putting something out and not being able to change it, they'd use it more. 
guess what? I was trying to send a meme to Caleb about the Milwaukee Bucks, who he thought was going to win the championship. All right. I lost <laughs> the meme. But yeah, it seems like a platform enhancement, not a paid. Like, get more people to use Twitter. Right. And then make your ads better and then make money off of ads, you silly geese. These are just very normal things that would have been in the lightning round in social. Okay. Reader mode enables you to turn tweet threads into clutter-free, easy-to-read text so you can read all the tweeted content in a single stream. Makes sense. Give it to everyone. Twitter Blue subscribers will also be able to select from a range of color options for their UX display. Wow, sign me up. $4 a month so I can pick the color. And you can also pick your own app icons. You can see whatever you want on your device. And you can also get access to dedicated subscription customer support. So they're basically just saying their support is terrible. It costs $3.49 a month Canadian, uh, $4.49 a month Australian. Oh, so it's not in the U.S. yet. Wow. Yikes! <laughs> I'm so I'm shaking. I, w- I wanted it so bad. Yeah, between those and the super follows, I'm gonna be broke, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna yeah. ask for for Christmas this year. <laughs> so I think we can <laughs> agree that does. we're not signing up. I'm signing up for the uh, 4.49 Australian. Okay. Oh, you use your from Discord. Get no, I just don't want to lose my 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 blue check because they came out and said you could take it away. So I'm gonna do anything I can. That must be why I didn't it. get one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Shep, you're definitely not getting one after this. <laughs> now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's Take of the Week comes from Aim Clear's Tim Halloran. Tim M. Halloran on Twitter. And Tim says... Well, he quotes a Search Engine Land article about Facebook revenue almost doubling. And the, the article was called, Here's What It Means for Advertisers. So Tim changed that around and said, Facebook revenue has almost doubled comparing Q1 performance to last year. Oh, how nice for them, like that SpongeBob kind of wording. And then he says, Meanwhile, their platform has turned into a post-apocalyptic thunderdome for us advertisers. <laughs> I like that. The post-apocalyptic thunderdome for advertisers. Away with words. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something that you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I, people. She's back. Back to back. I See Why Am I's. Amalia Fowler, at Amalia E. Fowler on Twitter. She says, all right, marketing Twitter. If you were taking on an account and the old agency offered to get on the phone and share insights, testing data, and their thought process in a handover meeting, would you, and she has a poll, option A, take the meeting, and option B is decline the meeting. Overwhelming majority here, 91.6% upon recording, said that they would take the meeting. And there were some responses. Um, Sean Ellie, at S. Ellie, 2134 on Twitter says, I usually offer this to clients as they give notice. Almost am never taken up on it. From my point of view, I have a lot of knowledge about the account that could help the next agency. I want the client to succeed, so why wouldn't I let them know what has or hasn't worked or answer any cues? And then Andrew Loke at Andrew Loke on Twitter said, decline. We only take the meeting if the client wants us to and we don't want to seem arrogant. But there was a reason why they moved on from the other agency. I haven't had one of these for years. He said, I've had oh. one of those in four years. 
good reading, Greg. Thank Maybe you. that's why I didn't get verified. <laughs> <laughs> and then last one, Melissa L. Mackey also replied. She says, take the meeting. No reason not to. It's good to learn what they tested, even if you decide to test again. And always take the existing account. I would never want to start over unless I had to. Even if you do start over, you do it in the existing account. So what do you guys think? Would you take the meeting? Yes, but I like the perspective of kind of talking to the client first yeah. and getting their consent. Like, do not do it without the client's consent. But I think, why not? And I'm also curious about, like, the what the other agency is like. Yeah. When I take over an account, I'm just like, ooh, like, that was a choice. And I want to know who made the choice and why. Totally. <laughs> Greg, would you, like, offer this to clients, to the next agency? I wouldn't. And, and we had somebody request this. And I'll, I'll just I'll get into it. They we worked on this account for a long time. We did a fantastic job. It, from what I thought, we went above and beyond. Um, they were replacing us for a lower priced outsourced agency that used. But they could work while we were sleeping. Exactly. The quote that they gave us is, <laughs> "Well, the costs are lower and they'll be more productive because they can work while we sleep." And so then, what they, they don't know is we don't sleep. Yeah. Have you seen <laughs> Discord? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the client said that, and I'm like, oh, yikes. Okay, I get it. You're trying to save money, whatever. But you're also saying they're going to do better? And then they're like, will you talk to them? And I'm like, shh. Okay, if you want me to. I personally, like, I'm sort of with Mark. If you hop in the account, you can generally see if it's a disaster or not. And if, if it's a disaster, I don't want to talk to them. Like, if you have mm-hmm. everything running, if you have one campaign, there's broad match terms in there. I'm with Andrew a little bit. Like, they fired this agency for a reason. I don't know. I mean, we took that call. We did it. The the other company was so unprepared. They had no – it was awful. There's nothing helpful. Yeah, I prepared them. I Also, I had only worked at this account, like, three months because it was when I started at Cypress North. But I prepared them, like, a full offboarding document of everything that was happening in the account at that moment, anything that they should be aware of that were problems. I prepared that entire document. All of the questions they asked were things that I answered in that document. They yep. did not even read it. Didn't, and then, so I'm soured on it a little bit. But if you do see an account, the client has had a good relationship. Say somebody's getting out of the business, something tragic, uh, account manager left or something. Even then, I guess, what good is a meeting going to do? But I, I just don't, I've, I've done one mm-hmm. of them, handing account off. And, you know, I'll do it with the client all day long. Record it, do whatever you want. Yeah. No, I always do offboarding documents and I will meet with the team and, and I give you what you paid for and then you take that because mm-hmm. I feel like our services are worth money, our work, us as people, we are worth something. We're not giving it away for free right. because like I value myself. And then, I mean, I guess the only thing where I think it makes sense is if the client lost a member of, of their team. And so they might not have that knowledge internally. To say, like, what were we doing here? What was the goal? What was the plan? Mm-hmm. I mean, you sh- still should have that. But, like, let's say there's a freak accident. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And it's be nice, but also respect boundaries. Yeah. And Amalia is so nice. And it sounds like she just wanted to explain her negative keyword structure. <laughs> and I, I hope they took her up on the meeting. <laughs> yeah, I take a meeting with Amalia. Let's go. <laughs> we are already looking forward to the U.S. Search Awards on October 7th. 
Don't forget you can win awards not only for specific campaigns, but for your entire team with the agency and consultant award categories. Now, those are some of my favorite, where you see the whole team up, everybody gets recognized, it's great. And you can have a few of those are best in-house team, the best startup agency, so even some of the little guys, the newcomers, can get in here. Categories for PPC, SEO, and integrated marketing agencies, large and small, and best consultant. So if you're ready to throw your hat in the ring, visit ussearchawards.com to see all the categories and to enter your agency. Be sure to take advantage of early bird admission by applying now before June 18th, and we will see you at the awards on October 7th wearing our, and we'll be suited and booted, right? Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. It's a glamorous affair. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, Sarah Romano at Sarah Romano on Twitter with an H in Sarah. She says, automotive has entered the chat. Popcorn emoji, hashtag PPC chat. And she Googles 2016 Honda Civic. Good luck. I sound like a car person. I don't know. And she has um, pulled up the SERPs and there are a bunch of car ads in here. There's like an image on them. They're definitely all ads. It says so at the top, vehicle ads for sale. It seems like this may be related to that story Jess shared a couple weeks ago where Google had that like inventory that some crazy person on Twitter found Mm -hmm. um, of the automotive inventories. I haven't seen any of this info, nor have I been able to duplicate it. And they are nice, but they're not going to turn my pennies into quarters with these ads like the lady at the dealership did when we got our Equinox. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. So automotive people, Sarah Stamen, pay attention. I need to get the name of that that person that cast your chance. It was Karen, and she was such a Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Look her up. And next up. One second. Googling Karen. (laughs) And next up, Brett Badofsky at Brett Badofsky on Twitter. This is a quote from a Google Help article that he found, and I'm so glad he did. He says, we're migrating video action and discovery campaigns that use audience audience expansion to optimized targeting. Optimized targeting is a new feature that looks beyond audience segments in your targeting to find customers that you may have missed and improve campaign performance. Surprise, surprise here, you guys. You do not have to take any action to be switched to optimize targeting. All of your campaigns are automatically gonna be migrated to this by the end of June if they're video action or discovery. And you can see if an ad group is using audience expansion by visiting the audiences section in Google Ads. If you see an optimized targeting section, your ad group is now using optimized targeting. I love how they think <laughs> they can use basic product positioning on marketers to fool us into using audience expansion. Yeah. Like, you can't just change it to the word optimize well, and I'm going to want to use it. expansion. Well, that's what I was saying. I'm reading this and I just feel like I'm like Carrie Bradshaw taking my notes. I couldn't help but wonder, how is this any different from audience expansion? Will there be a toggle? And how do you know to turn it on if it's not there at all, if it's off? Like, what are they doing? Yeah. And what are they optimizing? And it sounds like it's not going to be any easier to find than audience expansion is. <laughs> it, it's All this is going to catch up at some point where everything is the opposite name of what it should be. Like optimized targeting shouldn't be expansion. It's it should not, be contraction. It's not targeting. Like it's we're not. setting targeting. We are spending time to do research and set <laughs> targeting. And then, okay, we're going to optimize that by ignoring it. 
and not let you know. I, I just wish there was one single human at Google that had an OKR beyond one quarter. And they could look and say, is this good for 2025? Wait, people, this is good for 2025, Google. And he probably, probably killed not. first day yeah. on the job. <laughs> <laughs> to the pit. And next up, Google announced that it will enable users to opt out of sharing their advertiser ID, which is the unique device identifier that enables marketers to track users as they move between apps. This change will occur in phases, starting with apps running on Android 12 towards the end of this year. It'll expand to apps running on devices that support Google Play beginning in early 2022. George Wynn from Search Engine Land says that it seems from the language that this will be more of an opt-out compared to what Apple's doing where they're specifically asking people whether they want to opt in or out. So just be ready for that. Be ready to annotate for sure. And Nava Hopkins at NavaF on Twitter, she says she's feeling a bit mad, you guys. During Google Marketing Live 2021, Google Ads strongly implied that customer match will be available for everyone. What they left out was that you still need to hit the 50,000 lifetime spend to use anything other than observation mode, PPC chat. That's okay because the Google Small Biz Twitter this week shared pillar, pillar caution, and I think this person is French, my apologies. And um, she says, is this for real? Paul read up my favorite coffee shop two blocks away from my apartment. And Google Small Business says, the only thing we like more than Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd supporting small business. So they support small business. (laughs) If you are having a good day and you want to feel a little bit worse, go check out Google Small Biz, B-I-Z on Twitter. That is the most cringe account ever. My, my favorite thing other than that is looking at Greg's quote tweets of Google Small Business. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, check it out right now. Mm-hmm. You can follow him at Greg Finn on Twitter. <laughs> He's verified. For a while, I, I used to just replace everything. So to be like, the only thing we like more than, instead of Paul Rudd, is like, the only thing we like more than customer service is people that know what Google Ads is and stuff and just retweeting it. But I stopped doing that. I grew up. <laughs> oh, this is real bad. I'm looking at the, the account. Terrible. <laughs> Happy Terrible. birthday, Google Sheets. Thanks for thanks for all you do to help small businesses. This person like needs to relax. Honestly. Small businesses use Google Sheets. No, and Google hates small business. Like it's funny. I feel like it's like the nephew of some higher up at Google who like just needed to be hired. They gave him this Twitter account and that's all they do all day. Next up from Sean Ellie at S Ellie 2314 on Twitter. That is so hard. Why can't it be one, two, three, four, Sean? He says one noticeable takeaway from reporting this month, brand CPCs are on the rise across most accounts. My guess is that it has to do with much more lax keyword matching than deliberate targeting from competitors. Anyone else seeing this? And then many people replied and said that they were. Oh, that's totally it. I just took over an account recently and they all their keywords were broad match and 50% of their search terms were their own brand name and the rest were competitors. Broad match, working hard as always. Mm-hmm. And next up from Greg Finn at Greg Finn on Twitter. He says, reminder, this is the first full week for the phrase match changes in Microsoft advertising. They are rolling out. It started Friday, June 4th. Annotate and optimize. Thanks, Greg. You're welcome. It's helping the community. 
And word on the street is Amazon has been working on plans for an identifier that would allow advertisers and publishers to better track and measure activity. Amazon's identifier will live solely inside of Amazon's ecosystem, available to the buy side via Amazon's DSP, and available to publishers through its publisher services division, APS, those sources said. So it's just a rumor for now, but we were right about Twitter Blue. Thank you, Jane Manchin Wong, but mm-hmm. probably right about this too. Yep. Got it here first. <laughs> And from Greg of the Year at PPC Greg on Twitter, he says, are there any instances where exact match of a keyword wouldn't be selected versus close matching keyword in the campaign? Seeing a growing number of instances where this is the case. And he's asking Ginny Marvin, our ads liaison on Twitter. And Ginny responded, I've noticed this too anecdotally and I'll like start to dig into it and go down a rabbit hole and then like more important stuff happens. But it seems like they're not following that rule all the time. And they Mm -hmm. said that they were going to. So Ginny said, hi, Greg of the year, an exact match keyword. <laughs> an exact match keyword that's identical to a query will be preferred regardless of ad rank as long as it's eligible to match. Eligibility is key. On that same help page, exceptions include it won't be eligible if the exact match is outside of the geographical target or the exact campaign was paused for part of the day. Since the February update, the situations the team has reviewed have all been attributed to eligibility, so she says. And then she says if he has any examples, send them her way. So definitely send I them. I trust Jenny. I want to, but I've seen little, I'm sure she could prove me wrong, but yes. I've seen examples mm-hmm. here and there. And I just want to say, exact match versus identical match ugh, should be the same thing. Okay. Jenny, I trust. And Jenny, we trust. That should be another shirt. Yeah. <laughs> From Dan Schur at Dan underscore Schur on Twitter. He says, well, accidentally clicked on a Google ad. This new pipe design make it look more like a title tag format at first glance. This search just is just one example. What an SEO. I know. Well, but clicked on a Google ad. Like, so we were, somebody wrote a good ad and you clicked <laughs> on it. Like, yeah, so these have the little <laughs> hyphen instead of the pipe, which, I mean, they could probably be DSAs too, but. Haven't they been doing this for a while? I've definitely seen it before. Like, I feel like they've been doing this for years. Sometimes use a pipe, sometimes use a dash. And I put pipes in my title tags all the time. Yeah. I think that's what they're saying. What? That the, the ad with the pipes looks like your title tags with the pipes, too. Oh, my God. They've always done that. Right. But he, somebody, somebody put a pipe in an ad and tricked... Trick Dan into clicking on an ad. I thought he was talking about the hyphens. Okay, Dan, I disagree. Oh, it's the new pipe design. These look like I think there have been pipes there for a long time. I don't think that's new. They've always been pipes. There have been dashes. It's usually pipes. It depends. Okay, I disagree, Dan. Whenever I create ads in Google Sheets and I mock them up and make them look like Google ads, I always use pipes. Yeah, me too. And Dan just like, I think he's been clicking on a lot of Google ads and doesn't know it. Sorry, Dan. (laughs) And from Julie Buccini at Neptune Moon on Twitter, she says, hey, Google ads, car and truck are not similar in meaning when it comes to search term. Motorcycle does not closely match car or truck either. This is pretty basic stuff. Please make the machine smarter or let us help by reporting these bad matches directly. That is a great idea. Report bad matching. Mm-hmm. Little box. Ad, you know, add, add is negative. Add to campaign. Report mm-hmm. a bad match. Yeah, um, Microsoft, you can do that too, please, because I just had to pause 70% of the keywords oh from one God. campaign because you ignore so many important words. 
And another story from Greg of the Year at PPC Greg. He says, give us back the select all checkbox. And he's in Google Ads editor, and he has to select all the individual headlines. Well, I think he's trying to find and replace is what I was assuming. And there's no, like, select all. But luckily, Sarah Stamen and Tim Jensen replied, and they both said that shift select works for them so they can select them all at once. So I hope Greg had a better day after learning that. Yeah, and good interview with Azim. Tim Jensen was the most recent podcast, at least when this was out, over on Azim Digital S. I have to listen. Ooh. And we have Tales from PPC Reddit. This one is from Reddit user Kongda King. This guy rocks. He says, what's up, everyone? Just wanted to drop in and share some insights into what it takes to manage 20,000 to 60,000 plus a day in spend on Facebook and DTC e-com. And he's not just dropping in, you guys. This is like a full on article that he just chose to post on PPC Reddit. And he could have done it on a website and... I think no, he should have. He, he's not dropping in. This isn't a gathering. This isn't a soiree. This isn't a kickback. He's got a party going on. I know. He's about to lay down some knowledge. So he has this Reddit post. It's titled Insights from Doing 150K Plus a Day in Revenue on Facebook Ads. He takes us through his campaign structure, how he tests creative, and how he scales campaigns. It is so detailed. Like everyone needs to stop and read this. It is so actionable. And we need this Reddit person on a marketing attack. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, let me uh, duck, duck, go Kong the King address quick. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll read one quote. He says, the most important thing about scaling with this level of spend and what separates the brands who do great online and those who don't is content. We're testing about 10 to 15 new video ads per week and variations of winning videos on top of that. Different hooks, for example. They also talk about the way that they label all the campaigns and ad groups and the nomenclature that goes, it is phenomenal. This should be, this is a must-read marketing article. We should win a Klaxker for something. It's just a Reddit post. It's so good. Most of PPC Reddit is so sad. I saw it at 3 a.m. in the morning and I couldn't (laughs) stop reading and never went back to bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we said. We work while you sleep. And finally, here in paid, Google announced that, oh, this is not the final. Sorry, everyone, I lied. Google announced that beginning on August 3rd, 2021, it will allow advertisers to use Google Ads to promote their cryptocurrency exchanges and wallets in the United States. To do so, you need to be registered financial company, comply with laws, and comply with the other Google Ads policies. So Doge guys go crazy. They should have done that back when they had money, back before everything crashed. True. <laughs> they got True. no ad money now. Stonks. And from another one from Brett Bradoffs. Brett Badofsky, I'm so sorry I butcher your name every week, Brett. You're the best. He says, whoa, Kenshu is rebranding to Sky? I thought it was Sky. It's definitely Sky. Sky. It's Sky. This is the new combined entity of Kenshu and Signals Analytics. You can't talk about Sky and not at least acknowledge Sky's in the name. It's Sky. Meet Sky, the platform designed to take your brand full circle. And Amy Bishop wrote an article that lists everything we need to know about performance max campaigns. I don't know about you guys. I don't really want to know max, but she's telling us and it's helpful if you want to. Apparently ads are called asset groups. These are not available to edit in Google Ads editor. Perfect. And unless you, <laughs> That's what I wanted in the ad type. Unless you specify otherwise, they can pick your final URL for you. So that just sounds oh, beautiful. Awesome. And from Barry Schwartz at Rusty Brick on Twitter, he says, do you still call it Google AdWords or do you call it Google Ads? 
Only 56% of people are calling it Google Ads. I, and I think the other 43% are all reps. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is when you're like doing something in like a Google program and then you find something that still says AdWords. Yeah. All it's the time. Sweet little Use editor. Um, try to log an editor. That's it. All the Google things is AW in there. And like Slug. connecting things in universal analytics to Google Ads. It like says Google AdWords still. And I'm just like, oh, this is cute. Yeah. Nostalgia. <laughs> And finally here, I really mean it this time, in IRL clickbait news, Adam Weinstein had a tweet about the USA Today with an ad, and it was hard to tell whether or not this was an ad, to be honest, but luckily it was. <laughs> it's it because of the pipes. Oh, yes. No, this is print. <laughs> so this is kind of like what you see on search engines today. The tweet was showing the front page of USA Today, and it says... Hybrid babies born across the U.S. and there's like a really sweet little baby with horns on his head and the ears and it says oh, really like small like ears. little advertisement <laughs> and I started watching the show. It's called the Sweet movie, Tooth. Right? No, it's sweet. I think it's Sweet Tooth. Oh, because there's a movie about like a deer boy hybrid on Netflix, and I thought it was that, no, that's it. It's oh, a mini series, and it's like a boy slash deer that's got high key Taylor Swift vibes to him and oh. has ears <laughs> that can. Hear everything, but this little hecker can't listen. It's got to be the most annoying kid ever. I can't even watch it. So yeah, it's, it's called Sweet Tooth. It's huge on the front page. Like it looks like a real article. Yeah, this would fool people I know. So <laughs> thanks, USA Today. So I just thought you guys might want to know that. What's happening in organic? Well, we actually have some breaking news here. Um, I actually had a Google rep call me about this and tell me right before I recorded uh, earlier today, but Google is releasing a new partner badge for those that already meet the February 2020 requirements. So there's the current state of Google partners and there's going to be a, if you qualify now here in June, you can get a new badge that says you qualify for the new requirements. And I think it's just weird that whenever there's a partner change, I get a call from Google. Yeah, I guess you yell loud enough. I know. I didn't know if it worked, but it does. <laughs> so uh, the Google rep called me and then emailed me and I sent it to everybody. But um, yeah, so it's official. If you qualify for the February 2022 requirements, you can get a badge. I love that they have all these different badges. I feel like I'm like in Boy Scouts. I never, <laughs> my dad never took me and I feel like I'm getting that experience now. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. All right. And in organic news, first up, big news from Moe's. Moe's has been acquired by Eye Contact. And I didn't see this coming. I would have thought Moe's was, they had acquired like Follower Wonk and Audience Wise and all this stuff. But Eye Contact bought them. And I, quite frankly, haven't heard of Eye Contact before. But you have heard of Moe's. Yeah. SEO Moe's. And Eye Contact's logo looks like you haven't heard of them. <laughs> I feel like I heard of Eye Contact in 2005 when it I first saw it. looks mad old. Dude. It's 2000 late. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was just here for the comments. And a bunch of people said, oh, does this mean the product suite will finally get an update? <laughs> And Moe's actually responded, so we still have a number of product releases in our pipeline for this year. Our collective resource and talent will help ac accelerate our plans. Yada, yada, yada. Some more coming. Mm -hmm. And just a quick look back at Moe's. One of the things that I looked forward to every year was the tag fee, which is the transparency thing that they had implemented for a while there. And they showed all of the financials. And in 2013, the net loss was $5.7 million. In 2014, it was 2.1 million. In 2015, it was 3.1 million. All these are losses. 
minus 3.1 million in 2016 it was minus 5.5 million and the last one they did was actually positive so hopefully that trend had continued and helped them get out of the trouble they were in so they actually made 5.5 million in 2017 and that was the last one that they had and a comment from rand there uh there was no comment from rand so <laughs> on to the next story here it's from former bff of the show glenn game and he started breaking down the June 2021 core update. Remember, July is coming, so this might not stick around. But Glenn is the go-to. Pause the pod right now. Go follow Glenn Gabe on Twitter. It's just at Glenn Gabe. And you can see the detailed breakdown. He makes threads each update and shows different verticals and how they responded. So a few things he saw working were people that had actually worked to fix issues that have hindered in the past. I'm not going to dive into it because we're long. Just go check out the thread. He breaks everything down. And it's actually really cool. And again, caveat, might change next month. All right, next up from Barry Schwartz, Rusty Brick on Twitter. He had a tweet about um, the fact that Google will aim to treat nofollow, rel nofollow, rel UGC nofollow, and rel nofollow sponsored differently. And if you recall, I went back to look it up. I watched our old episode. It's just you and me. We stunk. I oh no! We're it was bad. like one of my oh, early man. episodes. It was right. I like they're gonna break it. Nobody's gonna link anymore. Blah 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 blah. Just old man yelling. But they're now gonna say they could treat them differently. It would make sense to treat them differently. And I was hoping that I called it, but I didn't. I just said I would use it. I support it. It makes sense. So, mm-hmm. but what doesn't make sense is that you still have to put these pre qualifiers on your links when you're so good at machine learning and automation. Shouldn't you know that these links are purchased or shouldn't count? You're the world's leading technology company and you can't figure out links and you can't make a social network to look at any other signals. Anyway, I digress. Uh, well, call me Gregory because Google My Business short names are being depreciated oh in Google God. My Business. So, Christine, this tweet oh, came from Ben Fisher at the social dude on Twitter. And essentially, if you have that short name, it's just not going to work anymore. So, I don't think anybody ever like typed in short names to GNB. So, anyway, just if you did or have it linked somewhere or whatever, I'm sure it's going to redirect, but you might want to change it anyway. Next up from Lily Ray at Lily Ray NYC on Twitter. She found something that was out of the ordinary. There was a search engine results page example where there were headlines that were showing that were on none of the linked pages. And these headlines seem like GPT-3 wrote them. It says, why does the roof of my mouth hurt and my throat? Somebody help this person. I think this ate a lot of hot sauce. It might have been Jess. Well, it's clearly something that's also hurting their mind yeah. or their motor functions. <laughs> yes. All right. And from YouTube over on the Journal of Search Engines, there are five new updates to YouTube analytics. And first up, you can see membership metrics. You can see more data on mobile. There's video performance insights where you can see a more visible ex- explanation of the performance, um, revenue changes, and then post insights, which is kind of like engagement metrics for any of those posts we talked about a little bit last week. So those should all be live. And again, this is fantastic. Love YouTube analytics. Next up from Barry Schwartz, there is a new explore this page feature on Bing. And the example that Barry found was for the very popular game Roblox. 
And he has an example saying... My cousin Quinn loves it. Roblox? It, he calls it Roblox. It's Roblox. <laughs> I think... No, there's no A in it. It's Rob, Roblox. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> so there's an example saying, all new Roblox kitty codes. And there's a little arrow. And you can click on the arrow and see the topics in this page. I love this. I hate what Google has where you're like, oh, this page was first indexed in like 2010. Like that's not helpful. If you look at this page, you can see about how to reclaim a code or what's happening. So it's almost like a little glimpse into it and then you can click on through if it makes sense. So I dig it. All right, next up, Google can forward ranking signals without a 301 redirect. And this came from a Webmaster Hangouts with John Mueller um, by way of Matt Southern and Search Engine Journal. And Google is capable of forwarding ranking signals from one URL to another without a 301 redirect in place. And this came from the June 4th SEO Hangout. I can also drive a car without a seatbelt. I can live in a house without smoke alarms. I can cross the street without looking. I can poop without toilet paper. But all of those are also bad ideas. Oh my gosh, they really said that? Or you said that? No, Greg said I that. Greg, that is so unsavory. <laughs> I, I, I wear a seatbelt. I hope so. Uh, next up, YouTube is expanding its TikTok rival shorts to the UK, Canada, Latin America, and Big news is going to let users tap all of YouTube for the tunes. So previously, you could tap into Universal Group, Sony Music, uh, Warner Group Music, Warner, all sorts of music. Now, you can add con add any audio and video from the billions of videos on YouTube. So, so like any Taylor Swift video, you can just sample. According to the article... She's over- going to be mad. Well, she should get off of YouTube or take it up with TechCrunch. I don't know what to tell you. Here. She'll change it. I feel like now we'll She's be a- able to just see, you know, re-uploads from the UK, Canada, Latin America. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, from TechCrunch, they said this will mean not only music from creators, but all kinds of video segments that may have already gone viral or may get their 15 minutes of fame as a result of one great short. And I'm just so excited. I'm going to start making all sorts of shorts with the Charlie bit my finger kid. No, okay. Yikes. She's leaving YouTube, Greg, you, you know. I can't believe we're still talking about YouTube shorts. <laughs> Won't die. It, it is shorts weather. All right, and from Marcus Brownlee, there's a new portrait mode coming to FaceTime. And most importantly, for anybody in video or making meetings, there's uh, a, a possibility that you can join a FaceTime with Android and Windows devices if you're in the browser, which is a big deal. Yeah. So if you're trying to get a hold of somebody, if you can't use specific technology, if they've got FaceTime, anybody can now talk to other folks. And I never knew why they didn't make a FaceTime for any other devices other than Apple. It seems like you'd get a lot more adoption that way. But also, you might sell more iPhones that way, so maybe I just figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And over on Search Engine Land, George Wynn talked about what they learned about YouTube's right to monetize. He covered it. We talked about it. But there's a terms of service change that enables YouTube to run ads on content from channels that aren't participating in the YouTube partner program. And George answered some questions. There is no way for creators to opt out of these ads. YouTube will not run on live streams or embedded videos. or will not run ads. And George also said, we can expect YouTube's ad inventory to increase as a result of this change. And if demand stays stable, the expanded inventory would result in more efficient campaigns. This is a big deal. If you can now add ads to people that have their content on YouTube that didn't allow ads in the past, you can put ads on your competitors. You can put ads on helpful information. You can run 
reports, mm-hmm. scrape videos, and you could I could put an ad. Uh, is there a competitive podcast to this? No, that's right. <laughs> I can run ads on Azim's podcast. I don't know if he has a video on YouTube, but because I, I listen to it. Let's run ads on the YouTube ads beats Facebook ads every time. Oh, that's a great idea. He has a new video. Have you seen it? I have. He's it's, like it's filming his desktop. From much his worse. Phone. Much worse. But anyway, this um. is this is you can't turn ads off of your content now. So for advertisers, you should get on. You should run some reports and try getting your ads on videos you can never show up for before. In our Discord, I'm running. I have a scraping tool, and I run it for people. If you want me to um, put in a query, I can get all the videos. Caleb, you know, you have it in your thing coming up here. Um, and also, like, buy Google stock. You know how much more inventory they just did? People said no ads, and they're just like, oh, screw you. Ads. <laughs> Enjoy it. So go buy some Goog. From Raphael. He's an international SEO consultant. Again, head on the show notes to see it. He did a little analysis of the June core update and said, so far, Search Engine Journal is the biggest winner for the June 2021 Google core update I've seen so far. From 2.5 monthly traffic to more than 6 million, according to SEMrush. Hashtag SEO. Wow. And that just goes to show you, you got quality content. You've got the Search Engine Journal Network. You've got fantastic articles like Shep writes. Verify me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, that works. Quality content works. Whoop. All right. Next up, from Market Watch, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost is suing Google and asking a court to declare the search engine behemoth as a public utility. And Dave says, Google uses dominance of internet to steer Ohioans, Ohioans? to Google's own products. That's discriminatory and anti-competitive. Yo, you can use DuckDuckGo if you want, Dave. Yeah, um, I love that Ohio is taking a stand here. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Ohio versus the world. <laughs> All right, next up from George Wynn over on Search Engine Land. Google is dropping the auction from its search choice screen and he quotes, giving in to pressure from regulators and competitors and Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost SEO plugin, Google's updated screen will roll out in September and search engines will appear based on market share instead of bidding per user. You used to be able to bid to say how much you'd pay for that traffic. It's now just open. So Google is changing Android search choice screen to make particip- participation free for eligible search engines. Previously, the search engines that wanted to appear on screen would participate in a quarterly auction, bidding the amount they are willing to pay per user, with the three highest bidders winning spots on the screen, along with Google. So, sell, sell, sell that gook. If you say so. Do we make money? Are we profitable? David, we're, we're day traders over here now. Um, stonks? Yes, thanks. Oh, you took what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know anything else. All right, we're along today. Apple Podcast says it'll launch in-app subscriptions globally on June 15th. Spotify is competing for it. They're trying to bypass the iTunes system by making go through Anchor, but Apple Podcasts will launch it on June 15th. And Google Video Best Practices adds details for safe search and adult content. And this comes from Search Engine Roundtable and Barry Schwartz. One thing I really appreciate about this title was the URL that Barry chose. The URL is Google Video Best Practices Adult Content. I just like thought like, oh, Google's given like adult content best practices. And then I started thinking, adult content? That's a weird name for it. Yeah. You're like, this is what like this is adult content? Like unsavory. I want to take Shepster. It sounds really unsavory to me. Adult? Mm-hmm. But you're an adult. 
Barely. True. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Google recommends you group the videos together in a common URL structure. There's also made a tag. So that's it in organic. Mark, what's happening on social? Ooh, starting it out with Sarah Perez of TechCrunch at Sarah Tampa. Pinterest is adding a shopping list feature that automatically adds all saved product pins to a shopping list. And from a marketing and sales perspective, this is really cool because it means that um, the users will um, be notified of any price changes. So if you're running a promotion, everyone who saved that product will be notified. So it'll probably give an extra boost to any sales or promotions you run on your products. Additionally, Pinterest is also adding a new merchant storefront profile feature and expanding its verified merchant program to the UK, Australia, Canada, France, and Germany, as well as new product tagging in all those countries except the UK, which I assume already has it. Next up, everyone's favorite copycat photo and video app is pulling back the curtain on how it works. As shared by Matt Southern of SEJ and Instagram head Adam Masseri, um, they recently unveiled how the Instagram algorithm works. It's pretty simple. Um, Instagram prioritizes content both in feeds and in Explore based on four key factors. And I'm going to list these in order of priority to Instagram. So first is information about the post. So basic information like the content in it, when it was posted, um, just like the factors about it, engagement on the post. Information about the poster themselves, the account. Third, the actual users Instagram activity so what they've been liking recently and for the users history of interacting with the poster so their relationship to the poster I feel like three should be first yeah shouldn't it be know. based on what you're interested in okay okay we'll but then kind of like kind of taking that into account yeah. next. So they do all of those things and they rank it. And then on top of that, they layer in um, kind of your likelihood to engage with that post in a meaningful way. So kind of after looking at those factors, they're like, are you going to stop and look at this post? Are you going to comment on it? Are you going to like it? Are you going to click through to the profile? Will you share it? Will you save it? They look at all of those things after they do that initial ranking. So it's kind of like a two-step process to the algorithm. Which shows how silly taking all this information away and hiding it and hiding your little like counts is. Obviously, this still matters and they still care about it. It's number one, two, three, and four. Mm -hmm. Or no, I guess number one, yeah, it's all four. Because if you liked something on Instagram. And they're getting rid of it. But adding it back. Then so taking do you it like it? Then, get, then putting it back. Mm -hmm. Oh, happy day. <laughs> From Matt Navarra at Matt Navarra on Twitter. T-I-L which means today I learned. Yeah, I didn't know that. Thank you. Oh, you learned that today? T-I-L, <laughs> T-I-L. <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. Facebook is testing a prayer post feature for groups. Introducing prayer posts. You may enable group members to ask for and respond to prayers on a post. Oh, tell my mom. <laughs> we need to put those church group pages. <laughs> we need to put one up for all the people still listening to this long episode. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I 
not to make the episode longer, but I'm in a Facebook group for like my church I grew up with and my cousins always who moved out of town always text me about the things people post in it and it's very entertaining and I can't wait for the prayers. Oh, can't wait. It's going to be so good. Blessed. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> but who knows? Will the good Facebook share the feature globally or will they just keep on scrolling? <laughs> and speaking of which... Facebook creators, your prayers have been answered. Mark Zuckerberg posted to his Facebook account, to help creators make a living on our platforms, we're going to keep paid online events, fan subscriptions, badges, and our upcoming independent news products free for creators until 2023. And when we do introduce a revenue share, it'll be less than the 30% that Apple and others Oh my sank. God. <laughs> he really said that. I think somebody needs to check in on Zuck. Yeah, have you seen his posts? He's out there throwing spears, shooting arrows. It's crazy. He's mad. Like it's a doggy dog world. He is coming. That was shade. That's funny. I like it. I wonder if Tim Cook commented on the post. Probably. He wants a 1v1 with old Tim Apple there. Yeah. <laughs> And then he comment he commented on his own post, which is like, why didn't you just include that in the original post? But whatever, Zuck, um, it's your platform, not mine. We're also launching a new payout interface so creators can see how different companies' fees and taxes are impacting their earnings. More to come soon. And next up from Carl Hendy at Carl Hendy on Twitter. And he says, those LinkedIn product pages are happening. And he shared a chart, well, two charts, one for organic traffic and one for organic keywords, with both of those increasing from May 13th to June 6th, pretty substantially. Um, there isn't much context to these charts, so they are not um, Barry Schwartz approved. They're not ending up in an article. We're not going to rake these charts. But basically, um, he tweeted back in April that he thought the LinkedIn product pages would be taking on G2, Gartner, and Captera and trying to get that traffic of people looking for certain products and going after that review strategy. Um, what I think is really interesting, given like I don't know what keywords are in here, but you look in like the bulk of the increases are on second page or higher queries. And the real reason for this that I think is that if you look at how LinkedIn did these pages, you have products on your pages and you can put your products there and those can rank for keywords for how you're describing your product. But they didn't make group product pages. So you can't go to LinkedIn and go, I want to look at accounting software and see all the different accounting software products on LinkedIn and that they're not ranking for those big terms that G2, Gartner, and Captera. So I don't think it's a direct coming for them from an SEO perspective, but I think it's just a new way to kind of showcase your product and generate leads. Next up from Kyle Alm at Keep Calm, spelled K-A-L-M on Twitter. Woke up this morning to find out that my Hootsuite Pro account went from $5.99 to $75. That is what you get for being a Hootsuite customer for 10 plus years. Went back through my email and received one notice about this a month ago. How can you justify increasing my bill that much without my consent? That is insane. Mm -hmm. Adobe did this a few years ago, too, with Creative Cloud. 
And I don't understand how this is legal. It's $69 more. Criminal. I know someone put the percent in here in a different tweet. Yeah, so um, Shara Scott at QPMS on Twitter did the math for us, and it's a 1,100% increase. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, buy Hootsuite stock. Stocks. But how is that? Do you hate your customers? I mean, like, who, I don't. Hootsuite does. I, I don't know how you thought this would go well for you. I could see you gradually getting there mm-hmm. in a 40-year period. Yeah. yeah, or like, hey, like this is happening now. Um, if you don't consent to this, we're just going to like pause your account until you accept it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to... You can't just charge someone an extra $70 I mean, per month. They did. <laughs> yeah, you can, Mark. Newsflash. <laughs> it's disgusting. I detest you at Hootsuite. Ooh, shots fired. Oh, Yikes. yes, definitely. Hoot not so sweet. Am I right? Ooh, <laughs> Hoot swallow. <laughs> Hoot swallow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak today, but um, hoot sour. Next up, hopefully I can speak now um, from Kim Lyons of The Verge and the legendary Jane Manchin Wong at Wong M. Jane on Twitter. Twitter may be close to launching super follows as new research shows what it could look like. And Jane so lovely shared with us her view of what she can see here and basically she says um there are requirements that have been announced so you need to have at least ten thousand followers have posted at least 25 tweets in the past 30 days and be at least 18 years old and she shared a graphic of some of the screenshots that show kind of the different parts of it so there are different content categories that you can show for the type of content on your profile as well as the other platforms that you published to and she called out that it was very interesting that there is a a term that we were just talking about adult content is on here as well as OnlyFans as a publishing platform it's Uh, like Patreon we're not that kind of show (laughs) oh my gosh wow I cannot (laughs) believe clocks her for like best <laughs> what mark <laughs> I, I just can't believe we made it this far in the social news without a story from andrew hutchinson oh my gosh well he was in the main news so mm-hmm. in his defense okay. okay well what's the story well um instagram is adding new elements to its branded content tools which i know we're also excited about Um, The first one is you can now tag more than one brand in a post. So you can do like collabs in a post or if you're wearing like an outfit, you can tag all the different brands that you're wearing. Um, Second, um, you can now like publish your post before the brands approve it. So previously, like your post wouldn't go through until the brands um, approve the tag. But now your post will go through, um, but the like brand tag as well as the paid sponsorship label will not appear until the brand approves it. Creators can now request approval from brands in their settings and not just while they're creating the post. So you can already have that approval before you go post. And lastly, brands will now have access to content insights and branded content partnerships for both Reels and Instagram Live. 
And keeping it with our friend at A.D. Hutchinson on Twitter of social media today, TikTok adds new accessibility overview to provide additional support for users. And the new features on TikTok will include photo sensitivity and epilepsy warnings, text-to-speech tools, animated thumbnails, and auto-captions. I would request that they do one extra one for the Oh No song. My song? No. Insert oh no. soundbite. <laughs> That's not a thing on TikTok. Oh no. Yes, it is. It is. I, every time you open it's TikTok, like, oh, it's oh no, no, oh no. Oh, so you have oh, a TikTok no, now? No, 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 that one. Just a support shop at Mark Locker on TikTok. Follow us. Mm-hmm. New TikTok dropping <laughs> soon, we think. I'll have to make one. Yes, please. And rounding out the social news from 2020 Greg of the Year, PPC Greg, in our social chat on Discord, so you can join that over at community.marketingclock.com. Just got forward to this. Verifications are rolling out this morning, and it's a screenshot of an email that someone received of what they received when their Twitter um, verification was approved, and they got that blue check mark on their profile. So if you want to see what that looks like, go ahead and check it out in our newsletter or on the YouTube channel. Congrats on the verification, Greg. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I was in Google Ads Keyword Planner for the first time in a while today, and I don't know if it was just the vertical I was in or what, but I thought it was much better than I remembered as far as making recommendations for new keywords and matching. But again, it's kind of a hardly working because you have the technology to do that and then you do a terrible job with close variants. So (laughs) those are my thoughts. But that relates back to the Andrea Cruz tip of using Keyword Planner to identify bad close variants. Yes. Great tip, Andrea. What about you, full-time producer Caleb? Do you have anything to share? Well, yeah, actually, me and Greg were getting some ads ready for the show, and uh, we had a really long list of placements. So I was uploading it, and um, when you paste it, it gives you a preview feature where you can see the thumbnail and the title. So if there's something in there you don't want, you can take care of it off the bat. And this is in Google Ads for YouTube videos. Yeah, and you get specifically all this for YouTube slew videos. Slew of YouTube URLs, and then you pop them in. And what happens? You get like a, a preview, like uh, you see the thumbnail and the title. So that's really helpful. That's cool. Yeah. it's awesome. <clears throat> All right. And for me, one thing that was working hard, we had a client, Mark, and, and I had, were working on, and we had some terms that we we're looking to, to show up for. We set up a web story. Back in the day, there was a good marketing talk with Glenn Gabe and Samuel Schmidt and Shep where we talked through some of the web stories, we not only got our main page of content that we put out to rank number one, but we had a web story show up in fifth place. So take two different spots with a web story and your content, working hard, love mm-hmm. web stories. Yeah, and also outranking the website of the organization that created what we're ranking for. Insane. <laughs> And for me, um, I'm sure a lot of other agencies do this, but we have kind of an agency Zapier account. And the one thing is that when you do that, all the notifications for um, when a Zap 
breaks or if you need to reconnect your LinkedIn ads account so you can transfer those leads over. Um, they all go to that one email, so not everyone sees them, but you can actually set up a zap um, with Gmail to forward those emails to everyone else who needs to see them. And I think that's a great way to stay on top of things and make sure that you don't come into work Monday after a very fun weekend and have to import hundreds of leads into a CRM and explain to the salespeople what happened. Ooh, love it. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is Supple, a drag and drop tool that highlights links on a page to quickly reveal which are normal, sponsored, and no follow. Grab the link in our newsletter to try it yourself. Thank you for sharing Saijo George at Saijo George on Twitter. Now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in depth so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's Must Read Marketing article of the week is called The Ultimate Guide to Giving Virtual Presentations on Zoom by BeTheKeynote.com. You can click on the link over in the newsletter show notes or the Discord channel. You'll get to the page and be like, wow, this is a big post. This is just an intro page that you land on. There's 17 chapters. It says it's going to take 26 minutes to read. And there's phenomenal information on how to actually do a better job at Zoom. Chapter 1 talks about 18 cool Zoom features. Chapter 2 talks about 13 things you should do to make sure things go smoothly. And there's 15 more chapters on that. So thank you to Be The Keynote. Definitely check it out. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show by signing up for our newsletter at marketingclock.com forward slash newsletter. Please be sure to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast players so you don't miss a single episode. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. Today, very quickly, we are playing a game that we haven't seen for a while. I've heard some people love it. I've heard it's some people's favorite game. It's two types of people. Two kinds of people. I thought it was two types of people. Okay. Kinds. Well, people, who say people who say kinds. <laughs> okay. um, I'm kinds. <laughs> so me and Caleb each have a scenario. We're going to give you two alternatives where you can't be in the middle. You can only be one or the other. And everyone has to pick. Caleb, you can go first. Okay. So two types of people. Uh, so you see a movie you like and you go back to see it like five times or you <laughs> see it once. That's it. <laughs> I personally, my wife will never. I know never, what type you are. My wife will never watch a movie twice. Mm-hmm. And the annoying part of Silent Caleb, she won't watch a movie if I've already seen it. But I'm like, I want to watch That's it again. Crazy. Wait, even I do at that home. Too, at home, 
She won't do it. She'll be like, no, I want to like experience it. I completely together. agree with, with that point. I'll watch it again at home. I there were very few exceptions in my life, Mr. Harold Potter, but I would not see a movie twice in theaters. <laughs> oh wait, that's very different because that brings in a financial question. Is it more than once in theaters? Yeah, it's in theaters. Classes? Yeah, in theaters. Oh, oh in theaters, I will never not. go to theaters. Forget that. Not. I'm out. That is a waste <laughs> of money. Because I was about to say when. My, when Mean Girls finally came on TV and was on ABC Family and it was on three times in a row on ABC Family, my sister and I watched it for the first time ever and then watched it two more times. Yeah. Immediately back to back. You should be supporting your local theaters at this time, though. I've heard of people like streaming movies that no, are available don't. for both. We don't need theaters anymore. <laughs> no, but they go to buy. Oh, are you kidding? What do we need a theater for? The we have evolved past the need for theaters now. And my college history professor works there, and he's a precious gem. Oh, you're talking? Yeah, I know exactly. Oh, you can, he can go work at Uber. No, he's about no, like don't. the history. No. He's about like the nostalgia. Okay, go to your local theater and buy popcorn if you're watching a movie at home. Oh, look it's at the nice. nostalgia yeah. of, nice. of Hugh Jackman and Pacific Rim too. That's what he's saying. <laughs> you're mean. Okay, here's mine. This was inspired by I think a meme that Jess Bud shared in our random channel. There's two types of people: people who back into a parking spot and people who don't. I don't. With one minor exception, but there's no, there, there's only. I think only. we're all on the same side, but yeah. we can still talk I don't. about the how only much we hate. <laughs> at children's games, when you start going to children's sporting events, you, you, you reconsider your entire life. Because you don't want to hit a kid? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to okay. back over it. Okay. Oh. I understand that. Yes. I just, in the parking lot, I'm hunting for the pull-through spot. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a pull-through person. I don't like that. Why? I just feel like I'm going to get in an accident. How? Hit the other car pulling through. No, I. Will. It's no, gonna be you on the you other side pulling your through. Eyes. You need to be. I alert. don't pull. Th- I don't pull through. I don't like it. But Mark, let me know what you think about this. I think that the biggest culprit of this is people at church, like Catholics. My dad used to say, um, "the the Catholic back in." Like, yes. why do people always do it yes. before church? My, my little yes. 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 Uh, so, no, no, no. This is literally my grandfather. He would insist on doing this until the day, like, we had, like, the church on one side and then the schools on the other, and he backed into the school. Okay, I never thought about the kids factor. I thought people were just being lazy and didn't I am so out. You glad guys are you said me. that there's, like, a name for that because I went to a Catholic high school, went to tons of masses, I never had a word for that, but I can, that's perfect. Yeah, it's the Catholic back end. It's only when you're already late. Okay, so we're all on the same side. Oh, Sharp, I just got a a text from your history professor. He gave two (laughs) thumbs up to the hitman's wife's bodyguard. His name is Professor Barker, and go buy his popcorn, okay? And we'll see you next week. The U.S. Search Awards are open for entry. 2021 will be their ninth year celebrating outstanding search across America. Get your submissions in now because early bird access ends on June 18th. And you want to get that worm. (laughs) The awards are judged by a team of international industry-leading search experts who follow a rigorous, ethical, and transparent two-step judging process. Enter your best work in the 43 categories, including SEO, PPC, digital marketing, and content marketing by June 25th. Winners will be announced at the U.S. Search Awards ceremony on October 7th. The U.S. Search Awards are brought to you by Don't Panic Events and We Are Search, both award experts who deliver search recognition around the world. So get in on this, people. Do it now.